0: This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you today to Great News and God's Views, a half-hour weekly broadcast on Free fm 89.0, independent community media. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Today's worship theme... Christ's love in us tears down walls of hatred and division. Stating the obvious. If nothing were to be said about the closing chapters in the book of Deuteronomy, this must be noted. What God expects of the people of Israel and promises them is plain to see. It's stated, restated, spelled out, writ large, For this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. But the word is nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayst do it. The opening command in our particular text speaks of the plainest day quality of the larger section of the book of which this is a part. In modern phrases we might say simply, open your eyes. Deuteronomy thirty, fifteen to twenty states the obvious again, as if to be perfectly certain that those who hear are understanding precisely what's at stake in the relationship between God and God's people. What then is at stake? We read from Deuteronomy 30, chapter thirty, beginning at verse fifteen. See, I have set before thee this li- day life and good and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayst live and multiply, and that the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye should surely perish, and ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you my life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayst love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayst obey his voice, and that thou mayst cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayst dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Blessings. If the life and death are the dramatic extremes on the continuum of consequences for those who follow or choose not to follow God's guidance, then blessings and curses are their more advanced attendants. Biblically speaking, a blessing is not so much an act that grants a person survival as a gesture that makes life more than mere survival. The notion of being blessed has the loose sense of being honoured, happy, or fortunate. The blessed are not, however, to be equated with the lucky or the favourite daughter or son who enjoys special treatment. Deuteronomy assures us that the blessings are the fruit of our free choice to follow God's way. They're available with complete equity to all who choose to receive them through obedience. Curses. If a blessing is different from breathing or survival, or so is a curse different from death. To be cursed is perhaps to wish for death without receiving it, to have all meaningful things spoiled like brine spoiling a fresh water well. The Deuteronomic understanding of this state of bearing is just about that literal. As it says in Deuteronomy 28, 16-19. Cursed shall I be in the city, and cursed shall I be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kine and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shall thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shall thou be when thou goest out. As was true of blessings, curses are not the exclusive domain of specially chosen individuals, of lightning bolts reserved for the really, really wicked. Curses describe the hell life can be when any of us with no particular skill or distinction in the vice department dig ourselves deeply enough into lifestyles that betray, perhaps in very subtle ways initially, Our truest loyalties, Martin Bell has written that, God will not let us go to hell in peace. Curses are the instrument of that discomfiture. The bottom line. The bottom line in Deuteronomy, despite popular characterization to the contrary, is not law, but love. The most obvious thing of all in these pages also turns out to be the most easily overlooked. God loves the people of Israel. God's people are referred to as God's treasured possessions and God's treasured people, whom God has chosen, loved, brought out from slavery and redeemed. In one particular poetic sweep, God's love for the people of Israel is depicted with great tenderness. If rules matter to God, it's only because we matter to God and God wants nothing more or less than our own well-being, prosperity, blessedness and life. In the light of such divine desiring on our behalf, the choice becomes obvious. Our first music today, To God Be the Glory, a hymn with lyrics by Fanny Crosby and a tune by William Howard Duane, first published in 1875. It was already popular in England before publication, as Ira, D- Ira Sankey had introduced it there during Moody's 1874 evangelistic campaign.
1: Since the discovery of the first Neanderthal remains in 1856, scientists have debated how to classify these mysterious, quite human-like creatures. Until recently, many evolutionists were confident that Neanderthals were not fully human, and they regarded them as a subhuman species called Homo neanderthalensis. However, recent genetic research shows that modern humans and Neanderthals interbred, suggesting that Neanderthals and people living today should be classified as the same species. After sequencing the Neanderthal genome, the world's leading authority on ancient DNA, Savante Paabo, concluded, Many would say that a species is a group of organisms that can produce fertile offspring with each other and cannot do so with members of other groups. From that perspective, we had shown that Neanderthals and modern humans were the same species. Neanderthals were humans, not ape men, contrary to 150 years of storytelling.
2: To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com.
0: You are listening to Great News in God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We continue with Praise My Soul, The King of Heaven, Francis Henry Light, wrote this hymn for his congregation in Devon, England, in 1834. Queen Elizabeth chose this hymn to be sung as a processional at her wedding, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. Tearing Down the Walls In this very personal letter to Paul's friend Philemon, Paul once again challenges believers to step out of the status quo. Through challenging Philemon to welcome back his runaway slave as a brother in Christ, Paul challenges us to tear down the walls that divide us. We read from Philemon, beginning at verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow labourer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul, the aged and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels, who I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be, as it were, of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him for ever. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, specially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me be there for a partner, receive him as myself. If he has wronged thee or owed thee aught, put that on my account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand, I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord, refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. Walls divide and separate. There are so many things that we allow to separate us from one another. There are so many walls that we build and so many things that we allow to become walls. Our fear of something different, our prejudices, grief, or social, political and economic status. Even our clothes and possessions can separate us from one another. Actions, attitudes and events all have a way of imprisoning us and keeping us that way if we let them. In Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities... A prisoner in the Bastille who had lived in a cell for many years in cobbled shoes became so used to the narrow walls, the darkness and the monotony that when he was finally liberated he went straight home and built at the centre of his home a cell. On days when the skies were clear and birds were singing the tap of the cobbler's hammer could be still heard coming from the dim cell within. Champions of Change Paul Chancampion Change Paul challenged Philemon to be a champion of change too. He challenged him to forgive Onesimus for running away, but he also challenged Philemon to accept Onesimus back, not simply as a slave but as a fellow believer. Bear Bryant, who coached the University of Alabama to several national football championships, once commented, I'm a good coach of a boy who is the champion but doesn't know it. My walls are filled with photos of boys who weren't champions but never found out. Through Christ we are called to be champions of change, champions of equality. We are called to be the leaders in tearing down the walls that separate us from God and one another. Love brings down walls of separation. Those walls only come down through the power of love experienced in Christ. That was a power that changed Anismus. It's the power that has changed the world. The power that can even change the most hardened criminal. Love changes us and motivates us. There was a youngster with mental retardation who'd seated himself on the floor of a pharmacy and began to play with some bottles he'd taken off the shelves. The pharmacist asked him to stop. When he didn't, the pharmacist yelled at him and scolded him with a sharp tone. Right at that moment, the boy's sister came up. She put her arms round him and whispered something in his ear. Right away, he put the bottles back in place on the shelf. Then his sister turned to the chemist and said, You see, he doesn't understand when you walk to him like this. I just love it into him. There aren't very many people who respond to being scolded, pushed, driven or harassed, but everyone responds to love. Was the love of God through Christ in Paul's life that allowed him to change? Was that same love that changed Onesimus? Was the love of Christ to which Paul appeals both to Philemon and to us? He calls us to allow the love of Christ to make us champions of change so we can work to tear down the walls that separate us. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the FreeFM 89 Alexa skill. We continue with "Holy, Holy, Holy," words by Reginald Heber, music by John Backers Dykes, written in 1861. It was sung in the 1953 film Titanic. Holy, Holy, Holy. Thank you. This is Peter and Tricia thanking you for joining us today for great news and God's views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. We close with "How Great Thou Art," originally written by the Swede Carl Gustav Boberg in 1885 was translated into German, then Russian, and an English version was translated from the Russian by the English missionary Stuart Hine. It was voted the UK's favourite hymn by BBC Songs of Praise and ranked second after Amazing Grace on the list of favourite hymns of all time in 2001. How Great Thou Art.